Simon Lasky, welcome to the Jazz Podcast. Very, very happy to be here, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, so congratulations on your album, um, which is called About the Moment. Mm, it, it is. Um, when was it actually, was it released in February? Yeah, it was. It was released in February. We actually did an album launch at the 6.06 in November, which was a bit confusing, but it's one of those things we had in the book for weeks, if not months. And so yeah. we fulfilled that, but it was that whole kind of like, don't release an album in early December. Only, the only thing people want to listen to is Christmas songs or jazzy versions of Christmas songs <laughs> or, or you know, like Mariah Carey's going to put something out, so don't compete yeah. with her, which yeah. would, you know, I've got to leave some space for Mariah Carey. As a, <laughs> We have a lot of audience crossover. Brilliant. <laughs> Every year, everyone's leaving a Mariah Carey shape hole space. in the, yeah. in the music scene. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, it was that, really. And then we released it in the new year where they always they always sort of say January's not a great time, either because no one's got any money and it's all a bit gloomy. So, yeah, it was it was February when it, when it finally reached the world. Oh, wonderful. Mm. And it's on 33 records, is that right? 33 jazz records, yeah. Yeah, they're great. It's Paul Jolly, so... Right. He's um he's been brilliant. He's a, a man in a room with a computer in an office and he's been doing it for thirty years and you know, I c couldn't really sort of be more grateful. He's put out two albums of mine, he's supported loads of of people and um, you know, we need we need all these good guys, don't we, in the music yeah. really to help it help it along. Here's a sort of jazz nerd question for you that yeah. how has it helped having hmm. a label as opposed well, to not having one? Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and it's one that we should keep asking. And it, you know, um, the simple answer is I've never not had a label, and, and though, that, although that sounds really kind of conceited, but it's not meant to be because I've only <laughs> ever put two albums out. Um, they've both been on thirty three jazz records, um, so I think uh, you know. So I don't have a direct comparison. But obviously, a lot of our mutual mates and colleagues and, and, and have done it in a different way. Um, I mean, I the first thing to say is that I found it a huge amount of work. Even having a label, not Paul's been great, and Thirty Three Jazz Records have been awesome. But you know, you know what's involved, and it's such yeah. a huge admin thing. So the fact that they do all the distribution and put on all the digital stuff, and they've got a relationship with digital and physical distributors, the fact that that's sort of taken off off your to do list, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I'm not great at. Yeah, I'm not great at the internet anyway. <laughs> so, so <laughs> having having another sort of form to fill in and and just you know would would probably sap my will to live so much that I would never put any music out. So the fact that the label does that's been great. And also, I think I mean I'm you know with the first album which was three years ago, and I'm relatively new to trying to put my own music out there. So you know when it does land at Jazz FM or the BBC and you know the CD, so I think if they turned it over and they'd be like you know they'd be like who, and then if they turned it over and it was on sort of my own label, then maybe it wouldn't get as near to the front of the pile as if it was like oh yeah we know we know thirty three Jazz and mm -hmm. yeah they've put some good stuff out and we'll check it out. So I think it does help. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, I mean I agree with everything you just said, especially the t the to do list and someone else vouching for it is a very good oh, feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell me, tell me about the band, or tell us about the band. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's not. I was saying to uh, another sort of recent interview, it's not. I think there's two ways bands go, and my route into jazz has been quite unusual, and not that there's any sort of tried and tested or fixed way, but. You know, the whole sort of doing jazz at college and then 
you know, you put, you sort of grow up in jazz with your mates and your colleagues, and then you gig a lot, and then you form a band. And so that, you know, that's a sort of people, I sort of feel like people 10, 15 years younger than me have done that. And, and that's great. And I think it's a really organic thing. And some of my students have done that. I think it's, I think it's really cool. And at least, you know, you can look across the stage and see someone you've been, you know, you've been playing with since you're 18. And I think that must be really lovely. And I think yeah. that a lot of, you know, our colleagues have done it that way. Um, I was a classical composer, um, always sort of on the fringes of jazz a bit and, you know, working with some, some really good people, but not putting my music out. So when I did write the music, um, and sort of decide that, yeah, you know, I want to put a band together at the age of 38, which is yeah. somewhat late in the day. Um, it was very much kind of like, I've got this sound in my head. Um, I've been, you know, I had, you know, 50 bass players numbers and 50 drummers like we all do. And it was just kind of thinking, not who's the best drummer or who, who's everyone calling, but who's going to be best for the sound I'm trying to create. So does that make sense? So it was very much kind of, and it, you know, and, and it was the chemistry thing as well and seeing, seeing people you want to spend time with in the studio and on gigs. And um, so I put it together in that way and it was very, it's quite a gradual process. You know, I played with lots of people and, you know, just came away thinking everyone's awesome. Um, but maybe for my stuff, which, you know, it's not swing, it's kind of more that kind of rock grooves, kind of more straight eights. It's more, you know, that certain people are better suited to that than others. And, and so it sort of came from there, really. Um, yeah, built it up slowly. That's a great way to make the right choices. <laughs> well, it's the only way I know because I didn't yeah. have a working band, Rob. I didn't, you know, I yeah. didn't have a, it didn't exist. So it's kind of like, well... You pick up the phone, and you say, do you fancy a play? And, you know, that's the first thing. And then you get in a room and, and see if it works. So, yeah. So who did you end up um, playing with on this album? Well, so the the final, it's a six piece, which is obviously really sensible for UK mm -hmm. tours. It means I'm definitely <laughs> going to make loads of money. Um, <laughs> uh, so Luca Boscagin is on guitars, and, and he's awesome. And he... He was recommended to me by singer Gabrielle Ducomble, who's a jazz singer I work with quite a lot. And, you know, it's a lot of that thing, isn't it? Like, you know, you sort of talking to colleagues and saying yeah. you know, who, who would be right for it. And he's, you know, sort of giving the, the sort of sounds that you want to make and then responding. Um, so, yeah, Luca's on guitar and he's awesome. He's from Italy. He's been in London about 10 years. He's in he's in Amelia Martinson's band as well, which right. is a really cool band to check out. I don't know if you know their stuff. No, I don't. Um, so yeah, he's, he's wicked. Um, bass is Pete Billington, who is a sort of phenomenally talented, ridiculously skilled guy. I mean, he's, I'm not the best piano player in my band, which is quite weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean, Pete, Pete's, uh, an amazing jazz piano player and jazz bass player. And he also plays guitar and, you know, he, he's a real polymath. So he's, he's on basses. Um, but he gets my harmony, you know, I'm more yeah. about really into harmony. So um, he gets that. And so he, yeah, he, he gets my, it's really cool that he's a piano player because I, I play quite rich, thick voicings and he doesn't get in the way or he knows the, sort of how I'm shaping the chords. And so he's yeah. sort of dipping and out and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and Sophie Alloway's on drums. I know you know Sophie. So mm -hmm. she's just consummate musician and person. Um, and good in all ways. Um, and Kuljit Bamra, who I'm very lucky to have, and he's a tabla player, and he, yeah. he's a knight. He's a knight of the realm. I don't wow. Know. I know, I know. I've that... got a knight of the realm in my band. There's a picture of him and the queen in his studio. That's so cool. <laughs> I know. That's really, really <laughs> unusual. 
Obviously. Yeah. How? What did? Why was? He, why is he a knight of the realm? Uh, for services to golf. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> golf back in the day. No, he was. Uh, he um. Well, he he was one of the pioneers of Bangra music in the UK. As uh, back in the day, back in the. I I knew him from ECM records. He's got he's on quite a few ECM records. He's in Andy Shepherd's band. Right. I really like those records and. He was sort of a hero of mine. It was one of those cool chats where, and I just loved his playing. And, and, and a mate of mine who plays in, you know, a trombone player friend of, friend of mine was like, you know, why don't you call Cordia Bama? And I was like, well, he wouldn't want to be in my band. You know, he's a knight he, of the realm, for God's sake. He's a knight <laughs> of the realm, and he's got a picture with the queen. You know? Yeah. And, and um, but, but, you know, then I played, we were, I called him and said, oh, yeah, I've heard about your stuff. It sounds great. Come over and have a play. And he really liked it. So, um so that's sort of how it and it came about, and and then I've got Philippa Keel on. And what's this like, Philippa Keel? It's not. It's Philip. Then pause. Akeel. Ah, yeah, I, I I had that the wrong way. Yeah. Well, and on stage, it's like there's this this big hunk of a man. I'm saying this is Philip Akeel, and people are like he doesn't look like a Philippa at all. So I've got to find a way of saying that properly. <laughs> Um, and he, he's I don't know if you do you know him he also plays bass as well I don't know he's well he's he's a bit of a genius I mean and I don't even use that word lightly I mean he really is he steals the show on gigs every every time which is absolutely fine by me um, he's incredible I mean think he's got that sort of soulful thing of Stevie but he's got vocabulary of a Toots Thielmans and a, you know so he's got the jazz thing down yeah. um, and he's just an incredibly charismatic performer and yeah, but he, he played, there's a YouTube channel of him because um, he busts on the underground and he's got sort of videos of him playing Bach violin concerto on the harmonica on in the tube and it's oh, got like wow. fifty thousand hits and stuff. So he's yeah. Well, and he plays bass as well. Yeah, not in my band. He plays harmonica on, on a handful of. Oh, songs. cool! Right, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's the full. I think I think I mentioned everyone. Yeah, that's the full Sweet. band. I'm going to play a bit of um, Mountain Spirit. Cool. Mm-hmm.
So, where did you guys record this? At the Hat Factory in Luton, um, which is a really cool space. Um, Nick Pugh, uh, recording engineer, don't know if you know him, he's a bass player as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was our engineer, sort of co-produced it with me and Jotty Bansy. Uh, and it's a really nice space, yeah, it's really cool. Really lovely piano, and we did both albums there. So it doesn't sound very glamorous, but it's really good because you, you go from... The Luton line runs all day and all night from central London because nice. of the airport, which you sort of is like, ah, yeah. So you can sort of roll out of there at one in the morning. Oh, that's great. And having a nice yeah. piano for you particularly. Yeah, exactly. Essential. Did you have to look at many places before you found that one? No. Uh, it was the <laughs> – no, I didn't look at any places. Great. Was, well, I've, I was a mate with – I was a mate, still am mates with Nick, uh, Nick Pugh, and – we were we worked on different projects together. We've done some commercial stuff together. He's he's quite a polymath as well, a bit of an all round kind of clever, talented guy. Yeah. Um, and I've been in Canada at the Bamp Centre doing a music residency there, and I'd written this whole album in this in this sort of three months I've been there. And I came back and we were talking about a different project actually, and then he said, "Well, why don't you come and meet me in the studio?" I was like, "Oh, really? I didn't know you had a studio." So we went. I went over and. And then he said, what have you been up to? And I sort of was kind of peering into the next room, which had this eight-foot Steinway in. And he said, well, I said, I've been writing this stuff. And, and uh, he said, well, why don't you play something? So I said, well, I'm not sure. You know, no one's really heard it yet. And, and so he opened up the Steinway. And then and then he's like, it sounds great. You know, what, are you going to record it? And so it was very organic. He, yeah. he kind of got what I was trying to do straight away. He was like, yeah, I can hear this on this. I was like, exactly that. And he sort of got the right references. And so I didn't really, didn't really try anyone else. That was it, really. Oh, amazing. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice way to go about things. So, having a Steinway in a studio, mm. yeah, I don't know how... Oh, many... it wasn't a Steinway. That's a lie. That's, it wasn't a Steinway. I can't believe I said that. That's really... It was a Yamaha. <laughs> oh, that's quite good for jazz, though. They're yeah. nice and bright. Really. Well, yeah, it was perfect for my stuff. It wasn't a Steinway at all. Um yeah, I don't know why I said that. Um, it was a Yamaha. It was still about eight foot long. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what counts. It's the length. Yeah, big time. Um, so then, uh, when actually, when did you record it? Um, we recorded it in, well, I don't know how much I should share with your listeners. It was quite a, it, well, yeah, it's maybe, maybe it's interesting for people. Um, I recorded the album twice, Rob. Really? Yeah, we got it wrong the first time. No, that's really interesting. That's mm-hmm. wow. Well, it's honesties. We're talking about that, weren't we? Yeah, it, we got it wrong the first time. Um, and you know, I was sort of saying my journey into. I mean, I've been a muso all my life and always played and always composed, but was quite new to you know being a band leader, yeah. uh, composer, arranger, producing, and doing the whole thing. And the first time round, we weren't. We weren't ready, and I include myself in that. You know, um, it, it, it was it was. I mean, it was sort of. We went to the first playback. You know, when you just know, you just know that yeah. it'll be better. Yeah, and yeah, and there's no. And so we raised. I raised the funds on Kickstarter for it, obviously, and I didn't put in the Kickstarter fundraising thing. Um, please, can we have another spare six grand in case we get it wrong the first time? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't part of the uh, the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. We need six grand for an album. And if we get it wrong, can we have 12 grand, please? <laughs> Double yeah. or nothing. Yeah, that wasn't really... So it was a painful and expensive lesson, but we went in and, and I didn't have quite the right personnel. Um, 
and it wasn't that the people there, and some of them, obviously, some of them were the same, and, but there, there was one instrumentalist who wasn't right for my kind of stuff, I think. Um, and that was a hard call to make. But also, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't as ready as I, the arrangements weren't doing what I wanted them to do. Um, I, ne- I needed to be on it more. Um, just really expensive life lesson, really, Rob. Yeah. Really, yeah, it was, it was a tricky one. So we first recorded it last year in the spring. Yeah. Um, and then I had this miserable summer, like really, oh God, it was terrible. So depressing. Kind oh of. yeah. I can imagine that yeah. must have been. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, it's, you know, the engineer sends you the, the, the stems and you're listening to some of the playback and you're like, this is not matching. I know, you know, when you know it can be better and you know, even, yeah. and it's not really a playing thing. It wasn't really a like wrong notes thing or yeah, it, it was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't conceptually, it wasn't quite right. Um, yeah. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, um, you've got two ways to go. Don't put it out or put or put out a record that you're not happy with. And both of those options were not on the table. You know, they're just, that's ridiculous. There's no way I was going to do, you know, it's like yeah. being a muso, you're not going to put. So, or third thing, eat baked beans on toast for six months, ask your mum to lend you some money. Um, yeah. So, and, and redo it. And that's what we did. So... We recorded it for the second time in uh, September uh, last year. Well, it's really not long ago. No, not at all. But but remember, we were pretty. We were pretty. Well, we had we had a, like an album launch gig in the book, so yeah, we'd had it since February. So it's like one of those you can't go to an album launch gig without the album. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and so it was, and it was quite weird. It was like, hi guys, hi. It's like we literally done. The same thing, the same tunes in the same studio, uh, and now they tease me about it. Like you know, on gigs, Sophie will do something really wicked, or Luke will do some sort of fun, and I'll say, "Guys, that, that's awesome! Let's re-record the album." <laughs> again. Come on, back to the studio. Come on, chaps. Yeah, why didn't you think of that? That was really cool. I want that on the album. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a really. I can't. I can imagine that summer was a difficult one, but. It's hard to think that you've got any other choice, really, you know. But it's a brave and painful way to go. But you know, mm. it's it definitely... was both of those. Yeah, yeah. It was a sort of epiphany thing. I went to um in that that dark and gloomy summer. I went to um. There's this thing that I mean, all, all your listeners should know about all the all the musos. It's none. I was the only Brit there. It's an international society of jazz composers and arrangers, and it was in Florida, right? Yeah. And I saw this advert for this thing, and and uh, I didn't have a summer holiday booked. I didn't really, you know, I was thinking, right, I've got to get myself out of this slightly yeah. not, not good place. And um, it was at the back of the Jazz Times, which is a New York magazine. They send like a, a weekly letter, and I saw this advert. And I clicked on it, and it was sort of main guest speakers, Maria Schneider, Billy Childs, um, uh, and just tons of massive names. It's like, And it wasn't, it was like $150 for this whole weekend. Um, so I thought, I'm going to go to that. And then I actually spoke to Maria Schneider and, and you know, all-time hero, and yeah, she was like, she was like "You've got to re-record it." She's like, "You, you, you know, you, you just you have to, you have to. Yeah. That's all you have to do." And so I came back really kind of like energized and like, "Right, let's do this. Come on!" Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah that's that's how that went down. Yeah, that's a really interesting story, though. I appreciate you sharing it. Because... Well, yeah, I mean, I think vulnerability is important, Rob. You know? Well, everything's hard all the time, <laughs> yeah. especially with your own music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is, and and but but I think, 
I think I think I've realised that it's, you've got to be who you are, and 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 also you've got to. There's nothing I think to engage people in a performance or in the music. If if if, if you not not the X factor sort of vulnerability, like mm-hmm. you know I'm going to cry before I've sang a bar <laughs> of everything, yeah. and then even when I do sing, I can't sing anyway. It's actually about the crying. You know, I mean, yeah. that's just ridiculous. Um, but but yeah, I think I think a bit of vulnerability is. I think people connect with honesty. I think they just sort of recognise it, really. Yeah. Well, that's my little experience of it. Yeah, and so there's some gigs coming up. Yeah, we've had quite we've had quite a good run. We've done um six oh six and Cafe Posk and um and a couple of mini uh, sort of school college things, sort of work workshop things, and then we're at the Bull's Head in Barnes next Wednesday. On the thirtieth, or Wednesday, the thirtieth of May at eight PM, and that should be fun. Um, and yeah, so we're there, and we're doing we'll do the new album, but we also do cut two or three things from the first album. And I've got I just emailed the guys actually. I just sort of said I've got this really cool idea of an arrangement of a pop song. Bear with me, um, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's an old pop song. It's got and I've I was doing it with students and um, for their sort of end of year summer concert, and I thought. Actually, I'd quite like to hear Luca Boscogen on guitar on this rather than <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, age 14, you know, sort of thing. Um, and Sophie would really be great on this. And actually, I think it's quite a cool arrangement. So I might, and we're actually going to rehearse it on the day. I'm just going to throw it at them and sort of shout chords and rather than, because my stuff's quite, it's quite, it's quite written. It's quite, you know, one of my, I've got a couple of heads that are nine pages long, so, so, which is not Wow. That's, well, that's cool. I'm not sure it's cool or, yeah. <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke has literally got sort of 14 music stands and he sort of starts the journey about three feet away from me. And by the end of the <laughs> tune, he's about 12 feet away from me, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's the gig next week, which which should be should be cool. Fantastic. And we can buy this album, like, everywhere. Like, Absolutely everywhere, yeah. Fantastic. Um, you, you can. It's on all known platforms, um, and probably some unknown ones as well. <laughs> I love that all known platforms. That's mm. great. Well, you know when you occasionally Google yourself, just to, well, I don't Google myself. I Google the band to see how we're doing. You know, which I think I think that's not unusual. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. I mean, I've, I haven't got a manager. I haven't got anyone who's you know. I'm the only person. Well, the guys help. You know, it's me. It's not like um, it's like I've got representation. Yeah. <laughs> so you Google yourself, and then occasionally you'll find a Polish website where. Someone's, you know, been a bit naughty and put it as a download for free, and you just, think, yeah, nothing you can do about it. But it's just, so that's why I mean that they're the unknown platforms. Wow, I'd never considered that anyone would do that. Well, <laughs> well, the thing is, a friend of mine said he said he's longing for the day that happens, and I know what he meant by that, but no, it doesn't feel like that, especially when you've re-recorded the album twice. Well, especially yeah. When you, yeah. Yeah, you do. You do want people ideally to buy it because then you can afford to make more new music, and it's sort of more tangible way of supporting new music, isn't it? Yes, agreed. So, mm. Simon, it's been a huge pleasure. I'm going to play some more music. I'm going to play us out. What are you going to play us out with? Um, mm, let's check out "Close to Ecstasy." Yeah, always finish with a bit. Finish with a bit of ecstasy, surely. I like that. Before I play it, t- mm. tell us why why the name close to ecstasy. Well, uh, because um, yeah, I can definitely. It's 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 very uplifting and positive, and in a sort of uh, unashamed way. 
Or shots of wood, um, unashamedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, I wrote it, and um, I know you're you're working on your stuff as well, so you get the composition process. And often it is just putting the hours in and crafting the thing into how you want it to be. And you know, it's it's not always this. When I wrote this tune, there's there's this kind of bouncy groove is how it starts, and then there's this long melody. And I wanted to write a really really long melody for piano, right hand, and guitar unison. It's got millions of chords. It goes through loads of different sort of harmonic shifts and tonal areas and then the bouncy bit comes back and the melody was just one of those it was almost like uh i don't know i sort of set myself a challenge thinking well why just have eight bars why have 16 just you know not not for the sake of i mean i hope it doesn't sound tiresome i hope it sounds you know natural and and uh, fun to listen to but i wanted to really build to when the bouncy bit comes back in yeah Um, and when the bouncy bit comes back in i was in my hut and i think I think I needed to do a wee for about 11 hours. It was one of those things where it was going so well, the writing, that I couldn't leave the hut. <laughs> so, so I was, you know, I mean, you know, sort of almost sweaty and feverish, and it felt like a real sort of, well, you know, you had the yeah. sort of 19th century idea of what a composer was, and I had it for like this 11 hours, and I wrote the whole thing in one sitting. Because I think I would had a coffee in the morning. I sort of came out when it was dark in the evening. Wow, that's great. And I was quite ecstatic. So yeah. I just thought, well... Yeah, so that's how I felt writing it. That's such a great story of getting this thing down. Amazing. (laughs) 